Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal. You want me to just dive in with my question? Sure. Okay, so I did... I don't know that this will be the whole whole cast, but um, I could not remember Shmayman's name. and I. But it's been coming up from a couple things of... And I was like, I was literally like, I think if I say Ned Schneebly, Metz will know what I mean. And so... <laughs> who, that, who is Ned Schneebly? <laughs> Ned Schneebly is the guy from School of Rock. Oh yeah, that, his roommate that Jack that Jack Black impersonates. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, Ned yes, Schneebly. this is Ned Schneebly. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's so. Anyway, but Schmeyman, because I've just I've noticed that, um, and it's from a few different experiences with people, and I think maybe noticing it in my own life of like we there's just like we separate like what is holy to like a certain sector and then there's just kind of this like just subtle like notion of like okay even though this like might be good like this isn't a holy thing like uh, a sport or mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whatever like there's that that conception there and I, I just remember talking about that with Shmeyman. It was it was his distinction between the sacred and the profane. Is that were those the words he used? Do you guys remember? It's been a little uh, while since I read it. Do you remember, Mike? No, I I can't remember. Maybe if you want to flesh out the idea a bit more, I I can't remember the distinctions that he made. For any, well, if, I, not if I remember correctly, it's something like that. Um, everything in creation. Um has a sacramental meaning it's, it's a revelation of god's heart you know mm. and it's meant to be a gift to us and returned as a gift back to him you know like everything has a priestly sacred meaning every bit of food in the garden was communion with god because it was a gift from his own heart and he wanted us to eat of any tree in the garden but then through fall through the fall of uh pride and ego grasping um and a lack of trust in that goodness and that like freedom to just receive and give um we cordoned off and this is very much like paralandra like no, no i know that. dude i just want to say um and uh yeah so like not having something to just like call ours which is effectively what secular or profane means is like mm -hmm. this is just human it's not for god it's not mm -hmm. about god um and so it's what we do. But then that division is kind of blown open in Christ. And this is Jean Corbon too, the wellspring of worship, um, which I just got done teaching for a third time um, to the seminarians. It's beautiful. It's the same, same kind of thing, like this idea of law and cult and creed, you know, like what we believe, what we, how we worship and how we're supposed to act in the old covenant are all three different things. Even the mystery that you're commemorating, like with a Passover, is distinct from the actual event, even though it's sort of a participation in it. But like in the in the liturgy, in the sacraments, it's all 
Christ is all in all, or he's becoming all in all, so that it's like we're at, it, it, we are at, or rather Calvary comes to us, the sacrifice, heaven comes, you know, from the future into the present, and all, you know, all of it is, um, what is it, Restor- or instaurare omnia in Christo, all mm-hmm. things are restored in Christ. So yeah. consecration or blessing something is not adding or superimposing a sacred meeting on something profane. Like I take dumb water, which is just stupid water. It's nothing. And then now it's holy water and it has to be thrown out in the garden and it can't be thrown down the drain. It's like all water is sacred in a sense. It has this meaning. And by blessing it, we are restoring it to its proper status in creation as this thing that's not just H2O, but like God's own life, you know. Yeah. So it's an imaginative thing. It's but it's real. mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a sacramental thing. And and that's why. Well, he talks about it from the perspective of liturgy. And I think one of the big ideas that he really opened up was the idea that at mass, that it's a it's a cosmic liturgy. And Baron will talk about this, you know, a, a bit, especially in regards to like a, a procession into the church is that that's meant to symbolize the procession of creation that Christ the head is the one that perfects and completes and, and leads that order of all of creation, the, the entire cosmos, not just, not just the people, but like everything that that is, is going to be brought into the life of God. That's that instuari omnia in Christo. And, and the whole procession is a movement from the world into heaven. And, and Christ is the one that orders all of those things back to the Father. And, and so it is, it's, it's divinizing all things, you know, and obviously humanity has a, a, a sacred special place in that, but that all of creation needs to be restored and brought into God's life. Yeah. That's good. I and this is maybe the more of the practical there would have been thinking and praying on. I know a couple guys um, in different places actually that have tried um, just in talking about this is the the general terms of it, but like school renewal in Catholic schools and things like that, and an emphasis on like you know um, like going to mass and accountability like towards towards that, and um, it can just it's it can so easily become like a manualist approach to to something like mass is an example of like the obligation to go to mass on sundays becomes this thing of like all right am am i good or not like is this checked is this checked off but like the invitation way more so is to like well know that like you undertaking that discipline like that has such implications to like to your whole worldview of like how how you see the world and experience the world and it's like this invitation to that garden where actually everything is elevated like everything is is sacred and um but it's it's hard to communicate that you know, and I, I just remember some some of the like at least the talk around it, just like today of like the sacramental view of things, the cosmic liturgy. Um, I don't know. It was always very helpful to, um, it, to me, and 
I think just in, even in like really subtle, subtle ways and how I preach and how I approach things, how I explain things and try to teach and yeah. everything like that, that it's, um, that it doesn't fall back into like a manualist approach of just like, here's what you can do and here's what you can't do mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, yeah. even though there's a, I think there's appeal to that sometimes. I don't know if it's easier. I don't know if that's just kind of how we're wired in in a certain way. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's just kind of what I've been thinking and praying on with it. So it's helpful to talk around. Yeah, well, it it definitely is like a, it's certainly a worldview thing. And I think that's probably why some of the most powerful experiences that I've had as a priest in terms of communicating and inviting people into that worldview have been on like, times or uh events where people were kind of they were set apart like a retreat or a mission trip or something like that and they were able to actually like live into that reality of a new way of seeing the world which is an invitation to life with god is not an obligation but it's really a gift Mm. and and so like it it's analogous to remember when we were in leon I had that experience where I thought I did not know a city could be built like this, could be like so Catholic. Mm-hmm. There's everywhere you look, there's just steeples all over the place. Everything's really beautiful. And and I I could I could not have imagined that before. Mm-hmm. So I, I actually had to see it to think like, wow, this is actually somewhat possible. I had to live into it. And like when I used to go up and help out with these little like kids retreats, um, up in North Georgia, these like uh, life team events is what they were. And those kids, you create a space where they have five days where they get to live in the joy of God. That That's what they're doing the whole time. And you can tell them about that, but for the, for them to actually live into it mm. and, and then like the peace that they experience and the the fullness of what that life looks like you know, and they're being led by missionaries who are living in in that reality as well. And so they have these types of mystagogues that kind of lead them into that. Um, yeah, it blows their mind. Like literally it blows their mind. And so then the invitation is to not sector that off, but sort of within that whole idea. Now bring that into the world. Now bring that into, into life. Uh, and we've talked about it before, but the retreat isn't unreality the retreat actually is reality and so what we want to do is integrate the rest of your life into that into that relationship into that experience instead of how can i bring my retreat into the world it's more like yeah how can i integrate the rest of the world into into this relationship this newness that i have yeah no that leon that's that's a good that's such a cool city it's a good image it made me think of um like the smaller kind of more domestic scale to that. And I think that's why they're held up as, as saints for today. But like when we got to visit the Martin family home in Alençon, which is where Therese was, was born. I remember, I don't know if I ever voiced this, but I had like, I had a similar experience there of, well, I didn't know a home could be like laid out and orchestrated in this way like in all of these like small details like you remember walking through that if you if you go there it's just little kind of just like call it like a local museum now and like you walk through this hallway and it's just all of their stuff like i remember looking at like louis martin's 
fishing stuff and a shaving kit and like all of Zelly's clothes were like very vibrant and colorful and everything like that. And then every room in their home was it like even yeah, a hundred, you know, and 30 years later or whatever, every room in their home was clearly about like being together like it just like just little things like how the like the spacing of the furniture and like the desks and everything like that if like they were clearly hard workers and all of that but um it was like whoa that's what a family like that's what a house like centered on god with the correct worldview like that's what it looks like mm-hmm. but it was a similar experience of like i didn't even know you could lay it out like that i didn't mm-hmm. know you could do that mm-hmm. I didn't know a house could be sacramental. <laughs> exactly. That's it. That's it. It's also interesting too, and I, I'm curious about your experience with the army because there's something that's like very secular that you're trying mm-hmm. to leaven with your sacramental. But mm-hmm. um, even just my experience yesterday, going to the doctor, I took the L downtown. This doctor's in a high rise in the loop, and it's Madison Street is zero. And uh, I looked at it online before I went, and it was I thought it was 20 North North Clark Street, but it was actually 20 South Clark Street. So it was like less than a block away from each other. But I walked into 20 North Clark Street, and it's this big lobby, and this woman at the desk. And I was like, is uh, the doctor's office here? And she's like immediately just so mean to me. Like, what do you – I can't hear what you're saying. What, you, what did you say? You know <laughs> – like the question and it hits my woundedness of like rejection like oh i am i am really an irritating person and uh i need to just be gone not exist and then i didn't like i was so afraid like oh man i don't know where i am and i don't have a smartphone to like look it up and so but i did muster up the courage to be like would you mind googling this for me i don't have a smartphone and that was just like i'm in the middle of something and i do not have time it was just so communicated like go away. I hate you. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It, it was really an ugly feeling. So I was just like, okay. And I just left and called somebody who Googled it for me. And that's when I realized it was 20 South Clark street. But then my experience was so different. I walked into 20 South Clark street, very similar vibe of like a marbly tiled foyer to an elevator. And this woman was like standing there. I was like, I'm going to the doctor and sweet such and such and she's like oh okay come on over here i just need to i just need to like uh let the card you into the elevator and she like goes in presses the number for me tells me where to go i go and then i check in at the doctor and it's this lady who is bubbly and she's like you don't have to wear your mask um uh until you go back into the exam rooms and then i see as she's like checking me in a little calendar facing the viewer that says uh a quote from like corinthians or something uh, and it's just like this vibe in here is so different. Um, everyone here is friendly. The woman who took my blood was like kind and, uh, treated me with dignity and, you know, like sacramentalizing a place isn't just like throwing Jesus into it. You know, like that little Corinthians calendar told me like, oh, this is probably why this place feels more like this. Um, I mean, the lady in the, in the lobby was probably doesn't work in this doctor's office, but like whatever my experience was like, this is more the way the world is supposed to be when all things are restored in Christ. 
um, I guess there won't be doctors because there won't be sickness, but uh, in any event, like the things we do are meant to be um, more like that than like the other way. And that to me is like on the experiential level, I, I think a lot of times when we Christians give in to the sacred profane distinction and just say that's the way it is or it's even the way it's supposed to be, is like I need to just devote more of my uh, time and attention to the sacred and shirk or ignore the, the profane rather than, um, I mean, that example is just like doing your job really well and mm-hmm. seeing people as human beings and being kind to them and letting yourself be interrupted. And it's not like this thing like, Oh, that's cause that's what you're supposed to do. And, um, then once I'm in heaven, like I'll never have to be generous again. I'll just be able to like, just soak in the reward rather than just being like constantly being led into the mystery of self gift and the freedom and the, and the joy and beatitude that that, um, creates in us like the intention that god had for us from the beginning like it's possible now because jesus is real um anyway yeah it well i know you yeah because i also want to be fair and and like i guess in this case give the devil his due and and that like there are a lot of really messed up things in the world as well and it's not that everything's perfect that that's not that's not what we're trying to communicate everything's will be perfected in Christ but um you know i i think about trying to communicate to a lot of the people that i work with your 18 19 year old soldier who is coming from a really i have rarely maybe a couple of times if i talk to soldiers where the conversation has ended and I hear about their like family of origin and I'm not just like blown away by how dysfunctional and dysfunctional is not even the right word. It's just like how complicated and like wounded their upbringing was. Mm -hmm. And so, so then the reality of life is that it's, it's gift and self self gift it's receiving and, and giving in like a reciprocity of love and to say that to them they would think like life has been hellish for me like what i don't i don't understand what you're talking about is it's so disconnected experientially from what i get in the day-to-day but the super cool thing and this is where i do feel a lot of freedom in comparison to a lot of my um a lot of my co-workers who are like protestant chaplains is because we have like a a really beautiful simple and 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 dense christology and anthropology i get to communicate that to them without yeah doing like the explicitly you just got to throw jesus into it i get to love them in their humanity in my humanity right in that moment and then that's actually like an authentic act of love that communicates even at a low, low, low resolution, like very low level, something more than what they've experienced in for the rest of their life, you know? And, and so it doesn't look like much, but to sacramentalize even interactions like that, um, because 
because we do have a beautiful understanding of Christ as fully human and fully divine, you get, I get to interact with, with people, with soldiers in a completely different way than I think my other cohorts, the, the people in my cohort would, where they would say like, I want you to express faith in Jesus Christ. The world is, is fallen. And so I, I'm trying to get them out of that world. You say, no, 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 no. I'm, I want to bring Christ into that world mm-hmm. or, or I want to bring that world into Christ. Cause that's really what they need to do. That's really what the invitation is, is bring all of that suffering into Jesus. Even that, um, is not outside of his power, not outside of his grace. And so, yeah, let's bring all of that in. And a simple human interaction like that, it, it makes moving through that environment so easy because I just get to love people. Mm-hmm. Like that's my whole job. That's my whole job. And then what oftentimes happens, it's even happened with like some of my commanders, like some of the higher ups. Then they'll call me in after we've developed this relationship. Like, hey, I'm reading through Genesis. How do I understand this? And you're like, Okay, now there's something explicitly religious that's going on. But prior to this, it's just been natural human interactions. And uh, I love that. It's so sweet. I, I feel no pressure to try and go around and save people. Dude, it's mm-hmm. so fun. I just get to go around and like love on soldiers. And, uh, and I think that's actually what they need. And what I feel very called to do there and, and how Christ is entering into their life so that their life can enter into Christ, I guess. Yeah, that makes me think of, I think it's from Shemaman where he points out in Revelation, Jesus says, behold, I make all things new, not behold, I make new things. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so he's taking what is already there. And that's, I mean, the first miracle is create, creation ex nihilo he creates out of nothing but it's even more astounding and amazing that he creates the kingdom out of the stuff of the world that he he doesn't just like delete and recreate um and then so that you know personally too that our whole story our whole i think i can i have compartmentalized my life you know to like pre-conversion or pre this or what you know like now i'm just like starting fresh and i'm this new guy and i don't have to like really believe that that person was of any value or you know like um now this is the way i am or you know like this image of self that i have yeah um is not an integrated whole and the holy spirit has led me into greater understanding it will continue i believe until um the fullness, you know, like that nothing is wasted. It's all ingredient somehow in this ultimate project of uh, joy, the the return of the son to the father. It's the, the ascension that we celebrate, you know, like, it's, but it's also the prodigal son. He is, he has assumed all of our humanity and now we donate our humanity to him to be come transfigured and glorified take my humanity become me so i can become you and the body of christ i can fill up what's lacking in the in the sufferings of christ like all of this mystical body language from paul it's not about 
you know, believe in your heart and confess in your lips that you're saved. And then boom, you've, when the rapture comes, you'll get pulled out of your shoes and you'll be among the elect and that sort of more modern individualist way of, of thinking about it. It's, it's much more organic than that. But even my point is like on the individual level, like I am many parts. There are many me's, you know, uh, there's some that I, that I show to the world and want people to think I am or want myself to believe I am or even present to God. And there are those selves that I don't. And it's in relating as my true self to God and to the world that um, I am free. And I, I mean, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no falsehood in him. And so if there's any falsehood in me, he's just going to lance it off, you know, or cut it out. Um, yeah, like what you were, <clears throat> when you were talking, Mike, the, um, and we've talked about this many times on, on the cast, but it was bringing back also just memories of uh, being in Haiti as well. Yeah. Just like, oh man. I mean, just, I can't, yeah, I don't know the exact line you said, but like, I'm not on to save people. Like, I'm on to love people. And, oh man, that freedom, which you described as fun, which I think is the correct experience and understanding of it. But, like, that creates, yeah, and, and it's all the stuff in in the world like that creates places that are unbelievable mm -hmm. like which is really cool mm -hmm. like i mean that's thinking i've never <clears throat> anytime i'll go back like in my memories to like to the mcs in port-au-prince like that's that's what's so strange about it is that it's almost like it becomes more real and more unbelievable at the same time of just like realizing like the level of like suffering in in that place at least mm -hmm. compared to um the type of suffering and poverty that i grew up with um and just like the experience of joy there man and this like the the structure that's there that is not like figuring anything out or there's like it's so organic like all the time i don't know i i don't really have another point or i'm not trying to make a deep point with it besides like i wouldn't believe that existed unless i had seen it yeah and it's so because it is such a stark contrast um it feels otherworldly Mm -hmm. like you're stepping into another planet there uh yeah no it's <laughs> i was laughing um my little sister is overseas right now and uh she she's a nurse and she sent me a slide the other day of i guess they're doing like some medical training and medical prep type stuff it's just, it actually sounds really cool they strapped the head of a cow to these patients like and acted like they had these different injuries or whatever so that it could be more realistic 
in like a combat type situation to work on like live guts and blood and matter and different stuff. So they, they took the head of a cow and like broke its orbital lobe so that the doctors could actually work on like a quasi live type things. It's like doing all this crazy, crazy stuff. It's pretty cool. Um, but I guess they were given a, a presentation on different like little mites and diseases that you can get in that specific region. And one of them was scabies. (laughs) (laughs) So she sends me a picture and she's like, man, you remember that one time you got scabies? (laughs) So gross. (laughs) Like, yeah, I totally do remember that. And uh, (laughs) like even that, so something that is very unpleasant and like really gross um, is surrounded by so much, affection and joy um it's just kind of wild you know it and i do get it why when people yeah i wonder if you could sum it up by saying like that's too good to be true like what you're saying is it sounds like la 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 land like la la fantasy land and like i live here in the real world um but i I think that's why it has to be experienced. You can't, you can't convince somebody of this. Hmm. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's far from saying everything's perfect. I think my feeling as we talk about this is just a a deep awareness of the way the evil one um, wraps his stupid tail around us. And like the more we prosper, the more we, um, have a blessed life on earth, the more we become kind of self-reliant or tend to like fall into these illusions of self-reliance and the false self. Um, so it's like only when we all die and like are stripped of everything and are completely um, aware of our own poverty and need for God, will we be able to like be reborn into the kingdom forever. Um, but until then we always have this ambiguity where the kingdom of, of, darkness is like um opposing the kingdom of light but it's in those dark places it's like so paradoxical but i mean when you're talking about haiti i also think like my experiences in the in the third world like el salvador at the orphanage and been to nicaragua once um you know you see this this grinding poverty like people living in in the garbage dump you know with families little children and it's so sad and dehumanizing. Um, but you encounter the people and there's this freedom, like you guys are talking about, like this amazing joy. Uh, and I, I also think of people, I went to one AA meeting once, an open meeting, and just hearing the people talk and, and being with them, I was like scared. I was like intimidated by these people because of their honesty and their mm-hmm. their freedom to just be themselves. You know, there's they're kind of a weird quasi cultish vibe but that could have been my own insecurity like these people all know what to do and i don't um but i it's it's the same kind of feeling of like there's just no illusions here um Mm -hmm. among these people in this room we can just be ourselves and talk about the worst stuff that we've ever done and um like (laughs) that's not the fake world that's the real world and then we all out in this world are all bsing all the time you know, everything is just 
words are not used to communicate truth they're used to validate our ego or to coerce people into doing what we want them to do or what you know we use words to to just smokescreen um the reality and it's like when you are in an mc place in haiti port-au-prince haiti or in a narcotics anonymous meeting with people who are just trying to not kill themselves with drugs you're like this is reality and these this is the kingdom of god in a way like they're in the they're in such a desert that they must just turn to the one who who can water it for them you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah you can't dress up you what are you going to dress up with in port-au-prince like what mm-hmm. are you going to dress up with when you have a crippling addiction it's that poverty they're they're thrust into it and and so like we get to wear all these different things all these different masks and whatnot and and that's not to romanticize the the addiction or the poverty i mean no clearly no 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 um, no of course no it's it's horribly painful right horribly painful um which i think is why that's why we all cling to the stuff that we cling to yeah because it's freaking terrifying there. Well, it's like Cardinal George's story. I heard him tell that once when he was a, a young seminarian and his mother was lamenting how during the Depression, everyone got along and the families all kind of banded together. But now in the new prosperity, everybody's like getting divorced and families are not talking mm-hmm. to each other. And, and he said, maybe what we need is another Great Depression. And she said, good thing you're going to be a priest because you have no common sense. <laughs> <laughs> You can imagine Colonel George telling that story with a that's I've never heard that story. That's grin. awesome. <laughs> that is very good. But there is there is like a romanticizing. It's it's that's the ambiguity of of the already but not yet. Like we want the poverty so that we can have the freedom, but as it exists on Earth, it, this poverty of you know exploitation and rejection, alienation is not good. You know, yeah, like we want. And that's what I think Acts 242 to 47, we did Alexi on that yesterday as a team or the other day. And um, it says that the, la- the last one, the last verse, like, and God was increasing every day, those who were being saved, the number of those who were being saved. But the whole thing, it's not about like that salvation, like they're going, like you're saying, Mike, going out into the world and like snatching up people for, for heaven um, out, out of this evil world. It's that this this community has, has arisen, you know, where they're sharing, they're devoting themselves to the teaching the apostles, to the prayers, to the breaking of the bread, to, um, you know, having all things in common, giving, giving to each according to their need. And, um, this new culture, this new, uh, community has, has come up organically through the gift of the Holy spirit and people are being saved by being integrated into it, you know? And there's this like sense of breathing in and breathing out. They're in the world, but mm-hmm. um, kind of like that letter of Diognetus from the Breviary. Like Christians are like the soul of the world. Yeah, they animate everything. They're in every yeah. part, but they're yeah. kind of distinct. Um, that's kind of what I hope for is like to um, have the Newman Center be like that, or even my own life be like that. That I am with these three people who never leave me, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the priest stands in the presence of the Trinity and just, I'm never alone. And like, like you're saying, my, my job is just to love people. And that's not a cop out of saying like, oh, I don't ever have to talk about Jesus, but 
Like it is mm -hmm. Jesus. I am Jesus, you know, in the world. And that's the church and that's the priesthood and all the sacraments. Yeah. Yeah. And it's um, like the army does have a lot of that verbal smoke screen where they just like, blah, you just say words and it's like, ooh, everybody. There's I know so what I'm many, doing. There's so many hidden meanings. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. And nobody knows what I do. Me too, including me. And so I just like throw out this like religious smokescreen. I'm here to minister to the spiritual needs of the, you know. Oh, yeah. We got our ecclesial supplies up to 30 day resupply, you know. And everyone's like, oh, I don't know what any of that means. Great but job, I'm chaps. Gonna that I'm going to pretend I do because I'm supposed to know everything. Finger point there. Wink over here. Let's rock and roll, baby. And But it's... It's really important that I can kind of speak that language because you have to be able to speak the language of your people. But if I if I lose my identity of who I actually am, then I you get lost into that. But if you have somebody who's kind of like in that but not of it, which I guess makes sense, I get to play by different rules. And everybody knows that I play by different rules. And so in some sense, I do the army thing and I, you know, walk and talk and salute and do all that different stuff. But in another sense, I, I'm there to be like a truth teller and to be something different. So I get to interact and I literally do this. We have a one of the four star, he's the force com commander. It was like a super faithful Catholic guy and would come to all the masses at All-American Chapel and Got to know him and General Gary's great dude, super faithful. Had no idea he was a general because every time I see him, he's just in like, he's in civilians. Hmm. And the job as the chaplain is to interact with that guy the exact same way that you would interact with your lowest, lowest ranking person as well. And so then the opportunity as a chaplain is to basically operate outside of your your general rank and file and to treat everybody exactly the same which my my prerogative is to treat everybody with equal love and equal dignity and and so it's actually necessary that i exist so that when my commander is getting a bunch of yes men and everyone's like yeah great job you know keep the the ideal would or the the, the hypothetical scenario would be like committing war crimes and everyone's like, yeah, we're doing great. Mm. Then the chaplain is meant to exist and be there and to actually speak some truth as an advisor that nobody else has the freedom to do that. Mm. And it, that, that's a really cool. So it, it integrates a moral ethical component into the mind of the commander, into the mind of the army. So that things that I see now get layered onto the way that he looks at the battlefield or the way that he looks at his people. So I'm actually meant to be like an additional light that nobody else provides so that he can see some of those components. And it's, yeah. So it's, it's a very, it's really special. I can't remember why I started talking about that, but. You're like the army's Jiminy Cricket. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. I'm you're a little, like the little conscience that that follows him around. Oh, that's right. That's right. Jiminy Cricket. Wow. 
Is he the when you wish upon a star? Maybe. Makes no difference who you are. Is that Geppetto or uh, Geppetto? Is he the master? The creator? This mm-hmm. Seems he like a good way to begin the episode here. <laughs> to come it's alive. Kind of sum, it's kind of the summary of what we're talking about, I yeah. think. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Good chat. Good chat, guys. I do have to go off into the real world. Go do something that matters. Well, well let's let's try to do this again sometime within the yeah, next year next year or two yeah mm-hmm. i enjoyed it <laughs> uh well juice and i will be in person relatively soon maybe we could uh figure out a cast time hey y'all time. owe me a y'all owe me a visit down here okay you oh, that's true check this out you'll never be able to visit fort bragg for your entire life, you you will have never gone to Fort Bragg. Mm-hmm. Unless we go we're right about now. to be Fort Liberty. Oh, no. Liberty, when does that change? Liberty, Liberty, <laughs> Liberty. Um, I think June the 2nd. Dang, I know. Down there quick. Dang. I know, dude. It's a, a piece of history here. Why, has Bragg mm. uh, been canceled or something? Bragg has been canceled. Yeah. Nah. He was a Confederate general. I do. Out with the bad, in with the good. <laughs> Is that Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> Out with the bad. <laughs> Ew. All right, guys. Ooh. Take it easy. Pray for the Ordinandi. See you, losers. Follow Three Dogs North on Instagram. Three Dogs North are Juice, Seabisk, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. Good girl.